Machen Sie may we be a people that, uh, that truly receive a revelation of Christ and His essence and who He is and even truly receive a revelation of, of what He has done for us so that our worship can become filled with, I don't know what to call it, passion and life and what revelation was necessary or is necessary? <laughs> what revelation is being given to the angels that can't stop day in and night out, and, and we, we struggle with half an hour or so. Ons raak moeg, en ons raak sys in die openbaring raak uit. May we come to the place in, in our relationship with the Lord, and maybe in our times of devotion, and our times of worship and spending time with Him, that, that we are so open to receiving revelation of who He is that we can't stop worshiping Him. Because that's the beginning and the end of, of it. Uh, God had a big problem with Israel who, who worshipped Him out of uh, what, how they were taught to worship. He says, he says I, I, I don't accept your worship because you worship me out of uh, route. That means out of, out of what you've been taught by others or man-made uh, passion even. <laughs> and as much as I love like big corporate worship stuff, like Hillsong and, and all those kind of stuff, they, they make it so easy for you to get involved through all the music and all that. And I mean, I'm a musician. I, I like, I, if I can, I, I would spend the whole day producing music. I would. But it's so easy to, to get like, but take away that. That's why the other day we just took the guitar and saw this and that. And it was, it was moeilijk. Because we have forgotten, if I can say that. Or maybe we were never there. <laughs> Where we have such revelation of Christ that we can't stop worshipping Him. And that we can't lay down our lives truly for Him. Sorry, that was just something that's not the preach. It's just something that stirred up in my heart this morning. Um, yeah, we're busy with Philippians. Uh, it's, I don't know if you guys noticed, but it's a wonderful letter. <laughs> and it's so nice because it's short. So you can go, every time you go to the toilet, you can read through it. <laughs> in, a, in a different translation. It's easy. It's quick. Four chapters. But every section, every verse says something so profound about our relationship with God and about living Christian life and about... So I'm very excited about this. I'm really excited to go through this. Uh, very slowly and uh, that's the key is we're going through it slowly we're going through it we analyze everything we sit and we think about what 
what Paul is trying to say here. Um, let's just pray with me again, please. Holy Spirit, you breathe this word. Second Timothy 3 says that every scripture, all of scripture is God-breathed and is profitable to teach us and to guide us and to correct us and to, to show us how to live the life of godliness. So we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for this letter. We thank you for Paul who wrote this. We thank you for, for the revelation that he received of Jesus Christ. And for the way in which he puts this on paper, Lord. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to come this morning and to illuminate, to make real to us and bring revelation so that our lives can be brought in line with the message of the gospel, with what you have done in and through us and for us. So I ask you, Holy Spirit, for the grace and anointing. Because out of myself, I have nothing. Ask you for the grace and anointing, Lord, to accurately bring your word by the grace and the power and in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Okay, so for, for those who weren't here last time when we started, it was two weeks ago, then we got interrupted by Pentecost. Um, and we had a wonderful week last week with Pentecost. Ne? Good interruption. God is, God's interruptions are always good. Um, so we started Philippians and we literally got through verse 1, 2, and 3. Got stuck on grace. Got stuck on, and if you haven't listened to it or if you don't know it, it's on our podcasts. Um, so you can go and listen to the message about grace. Because uh, it's really integral. It's like the lens through which we need to see everything that we read. It's the lens through which we see. Uh, and just in short, Paul, in his greeting, he says, may, may God give you grace and peace. So we dug into that, what grace means. And, and literally, we, it, and we'll see it in the rest of the message, is that everything about our lives, everything about Christianity, everything that we sort of can put forward and say, this is what Christianity looks like, this is what a Christian looks like, or everything is by grace, which is the enabling power of God. And we said that, that grace comes sort of from two sides. Grace is there's the, the one that gives it, and he gives it without uh, the other translation, some translation says unmerited favor. So whatever we need, and this is so important, whatever we need to live out our calling as believers, what is our calling as believers to look like Christ? And it's a big, 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 massive calling. It's like Christ is the standard and we are called to live up to the standard. That is the Christian life, is living up to the standard of Christ Jesus. And then if we think about this in our own strength and our own power and that uh, there is no way that I can do this. And some of us even try. We try for one, two, three years and then we get tired and we, things don't work out and things don't like oh my goodness, I'm not getting this right, and I'm, I'm just keep failing and keeping failing and keeping failing, and, and uh, yeah, but. But 2 Peter 3 says, you have received all things pertaining to life and godliness. That's grace. Through what Christ has done. Through the, through the change that we say that grace is not a license, but grace is what enables you to change. What enables you to look like Christ, which is outside of yourself. And then there's the side of the receiving of grace. Because I can give you grace, but if you don't receive it, you will not experience it. You will not live in it. So that's just like the introduction. That's like the greeting. 
So if I say, how's it? Then you get all of that from, I say, how's it? May grace and peace be on you. That's like a loaded thing. But it's loaded for a purpose. Kevin. Now he goes on. So we are getting, we're not going through verse 1 and 2 again. We're starting with verse 3. So if you want to open in your Bible or your phone or your app or your whatever, but if you can follow along. Uh, Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain, so this is the first thing we will look at, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue His work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. This should just make us free in our religion. (laughs) God, who began a good work in Christ loved us first. He chose you first. It's like, I don't know if you all deal with this, like when we were small, we would like play sports, and then like you have two captains, and then everyone is there in a bunch, And then the two captains like pick. Like, okay, you come with me, you come with me, you come with me, you come with me. And then the poor last guy. It's like, many times I was that guy. No, 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 you take him. I'll I'll, I'll play with one less. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't that bad. Christ chose us to be on His side. He chose you to be on His side, to be in His army. And He didn't choose you to be a bench warmer. He didn't choose you to be the water boy. He didn't choose you to just watch. He chose you to be actively involved in his team and in his body. He chose you because he created you. And then created you anew, once again, that's a grace into his image. So that you can play an active part in the kingdom of God. And he began this good work in you, first of all. By cutting away the old man, by cutting away the sinfulness, by cutting away the power of sin, by by loosening all the chains that we so so like to carry with us made us loose enabling us he says you're in my team now we all know that when you choose someone for your team the team needs to train still to be able to ensure victory So he also chose you to start taking part in a completing work that he is busy doing in you. And I think that's sort of 
the thing that we forget many times. I, I, I brought a message a few weeks ago that the, the church is not a place of perfect. So we, we expect that when people come in, that they must not be like, alles moet perfect wees, alles moet recht wees, and so And if you're not perfect, if you're not right, then we bench you. But all of us should actually be carrying a sign that says, like, under construction. Work in progress. All of us. And that's why we need grace for each other and we need love. And that's why Jesus, like, over and over and over, what's that thing that went out this, this um, how many times was that the commands of Jesus, love one another? Love one another, love one another, love one another, love one another. But the good thing is that God, I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue this work. Until, so there's a finish point, there's a time, until the day when Christ Jesus returns. Ne? Ephesians 2 verse 10 says that you are God's masterpiece, whom He has created in Christ for good works. But who is the master? Who is the master painter? Who is the master crafter? Who is the master builder? It is God. And I think there's something just so important about us having to come to the place where we put ourselves in the hands of the potter. That beautiful video, I guess if you saw that, of the potter that went around also in, on the community thing this week. That beautiful, beautiful thing, this guy doing a preach with pottery. You are the master builder, Lord. And I put myself in your hands. And I say to me, will you please sort me out? There's so many keren, man. Gister, <laughs> let me tell you yesterday how the Lord sorted me out. So I went, I took my bucky and uh, my daughter wanted to go with me. I dropped it off at the car wash and then I, I walked home. But on the way home, I stopped at our building site. And I saw something that really upset me. I'm not going to say what it is because my dad's here then. <laughs> <laughs> But these guys should know better. And I sort of went, not like ballistic, but I was quiet, you know. And uh, then we, we walked back halfway and I rem I'm thinking, oh, they forgot something else. And I walk back again and I go again, but did, why is this not there and all that kind of stuff. And we're walking and I see that my little daughter, Kari, she's quiet. And she's never quiet. I say, because you're not so still, puppy. You see, you're next me. I say, um, oh, even before that, so I get on the phone with, with the, the, the contractor. I say, why, why isn't there someone on site that can assure that these guys work as good and, and all that kind of stuff? And I'm like stern with him as well, but not like, not ugly, but just stern, you know? But then I, my daughter says, Yeah, next me, I say, Don't care, Papa was no bit quiet. He said, Yeah. <laughs> now I try to think, but uh, I reason this. Say, if I'm not quiet, then they won't learn. That's my reasoning. You've got to be like, put them on their place so that they can get it right, the right next time. But as I think about this reasoning, I realized, but that's not how the Lord worked. He didn't go around scaling people and telling them, you know, 
Wow, you're doing everything wrong and all that. He corrected in love. He corrected in, in, in humility and in meekness. And it had such a profound impact that people's life changed. The other, other side of the coin is like you can easily go and you go off on them and they say, no, can I your vase. But Jesus says, love your enemies for it will be like putting a heap of coals on the head. It will be even, you will get a better result. So because of like my discussion with her and what she showed me, I, I like, really felt remorse. I said, I know that I did this wrong. So I phoned the contractor. I said, listen man, I just want to tell you I'm sorry. I didn't need to speak like that. I didn't need to be like this harsh with you. But can you please go and just have a look? And if you can tell me that this is your best work, then I'll be satisfied. And then later I went to the site and I spoke to the guys. I said, listen, I'm sorry. I didn't need to speak like that. So I was open to the Lord through my little daughter to correct me and work in me. So this is what the scripture said, that it is God who begins the work. He sets you on the right path. He sets you on the path of righteousness and on the path of holiness and the path of godliness. And then he sends the Holy Spirit and he sends like-minded people and he sends others to come and help us, to correct us, like Kathy said earlier, that we need each other for this journey. God is at work in us to uh, ensure that we become like Christ and that we can do good things. And I think that what the lesson that I learned from this is that, that it is not on me to change me. I cannot change myself. I cannot force myself to be better. I cannot make myself be a better Christian or look like Jesus even better. I must surrender myself to the work of the Lord in me. And that happens through prayer. That happens through studying the word. That happens through taking in what the Lord is bringing me. But I think on the other side of the coin is literally religiosity. That says you better get it right or else. Fake it till you make it kind of thing. And I think the beauty is that in eternity and, and in, from God's perspective, now we must always sort of remember that God is not in our perspective. So He has already done it. The Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. So He has already changed us. He has already made us like Christ. He has already made us, and we will see just now, that He actually says that, work it out. Ne? So, Uh, I'm certain that God who began a good work within you will continue His work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So it is right that I should feel as I do about you. For you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and how I long for you with the tender compassion of Jesus Christ. Now here comes the next bit of, of oh, this is so valuable. Say, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep growing or keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Just stop with that verse. But first I want to ask the community leaders, and I know you do, I'm just asking anyway, and ourselves, Ak and Lillian, how often do we pray this kind of prayer for our people? For if it's God that does the work, if it's God that is making us more like Christ, if it's God at working us, always at work in us, 
we must be involved in prayer for one another. As leaders, but also as brothers and sisters. And most often our prayer sounds like this. Oh, Father, please help, get, help that guy get a job and please help that guy. He needs a car or his cars need banda. Like if, you, if you've got a, like a downtrodden car that, that, uh, that the wheels are shot and you learn to speak in tongues, your first words are karasabanda, karasabanda, karasabanda. <laughs> That's not a prayer. <laughs> but do we pray for one another? And what do we pray? Do we pray, Lord, please make their lives better. Please like, make things nice for them and all that. So, Lord, please use this situation that they're in to make them more like Christ. Let this conflict that they are in currently, may they discover to love one another in this and to love one another better. That is what Paul is praying. And I'm telling you that not always when, when Lillian and I pray, do we pray like we, like we become aware of, of the tough situations and stuff like that. But many times the Holy Spirit leads us to say, Lord, don't take that away from them. Teach them in it. Make them strong. Make them better. Make them more like you. Because that has eternal value. Ne? So I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing Ek weet nie hoe om hierdie sterk genoeg te sê nie. We, ons moet seker maak dat ons groei. We should be on a mission every single day. In all things. I mean, we devote ourselves to making more money, we devote ourselves to being happy, we devote ourselves to to like getting better grades at school or getting prestaties in all that type of good. We, we wired like that. Is it truly our heart's devotion to grow into the image of Jesus Christ? Or is, is that not a something there. Nee, ek sal sondag kerk toe gaan. Dis my deel. Ek doen my deel vir die heren, ek gaan sondag kerk toe. En as het rarig lekker is, dan sal ek community toe gaan. As daar rarig iets gebeur, wat ek denk, ja. En dan as iemand my betaal, dan sal ek vir uitreik gaan. Of as jy vir my betaal, then I'll go, then I'll do it. How devoted are we and what are we uh, willing to sacrifice to become more like Jesus Christ? There's a quote, and I think it's for Elizabeth Elliot. What say I quote? God will never equip you for anything to call you to become more like Jesus Christ. I'm going to say it again for you what God will never protect you from anything that will cause you to become more like Jesus. We are growing constantly, constantly growing. 
And I think if trouble comes our way, that should be our first prayer. Lord, use this to make me more like you. It will put a whole spin on just the way we handle it in the first place. Then he says, growing in what? In knowledge and understanding. Growing in knowledge and understanding. I can be going to so funny for talking, say insight, to grow in insight. Ne? Now, this insight uh, literally means the Greek word that they use here literally means it's a practical insight into the things of life or into the ways of life. And it comes through experience. So he's praying, may the Lord give you spiritual wisdom and understanding or spiritual insight. May you receive something that helps you to navigate this life in a way that is holy and blameless as the rest of the first. He says, let's read the, the whole thing. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you receive an experience of the Lord that is so real that His reality, that, that what He has done in you, what He has worked in you, determines your decision-making about life situations that lead to blamelessness and holiness. This is sort of what He's saying. May you receive spiritual wisdom and insight. Other translation says, may you approve, may you test. May you put to the test a situation in the world. Amplified says, learn to sense what is vital and approve and prize what is excellent and of real value. Recognizing the highest and best and distinguished uh, distinguishing the moral differences. This is om iets met vier te toets en die beste uit te haal. Om iets te louter. Alright. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with fruit of your salvation. And the translation says the fruits of righteousness. May you be filled with the fruits of righteousness of your salvation. Uh, the, this translation then says the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. And I sort of want to land on this theme that we will be filled with the fruits of righteousness. Vruchte is a baie um, belangrike thema in, in die woord. Jesus talked about it. John the Baptist, he said to the Pharisees, you vipers. He says, why don't you bear fruit of your um, your repentance. You say that you belong to the Lord. You say you keep the law. You say all these kind of things. You say that you are like better than anyone else. But I don't see it in your fruit. Jesus says, a bad tree can't bear good fruit and a good tree can't bear bad fruit. And then he goes in, in John 15, he really speaks about fruitfulness. He says, unless a tree is engrafted into me. He cannot bear fruit. I can not vruchte draw, but the Heere verheerlik nie. But if you are engrafted into me, 
you will bear fruit that glorifies the Lord. He says, without me, you can do nothing. Jy kan niks sonder my doen nie, ek wil eindig sonder gaan. John 15, he says, en ons het vrijdag ochend nogal hier gepraat, by die manne ding. Say, remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. And one of the things that we said about this remain, it actually refers to to a living place, to staying in something, or to make your home there. And we were even saying that, that some people think that if I, if I live there, then I'll be happy. If I live there, then I'll be happy. Or if I have this job, I'll be happy. Or, you know, if only this will happen, or if only that will happen, then my life will be better. I will be better. I will be better when I get married. Or I will be better when my kids come. Or I will be better when my kids leave the home. <laughs> life will be better when... But Jesus says there's only one place for us to stay and really enjoy fruits of righteousness and the fruit of life. That is in Him. To remain in Him. To, to live in Him. To, to make Him your home. Andre. As it kort is. Absolutely. The word became flesh. Remain in me. Remain in the word. Hoe baie tyd, ons het mekaar gevra eindelijk, vrijdag ochend, hoe baie tyd spandeer ons rarig in die woord? Out of that will come fruit. Nee? So Paulus sê, may you bear the fruit of your salvation. May you bear the fruit of righteousness. May that which is from God, naturally come out of you. Wat is a vrug? A vrug is iets wat natuurlijk uit a boom uitkom. That it is a natural consequence of the life that is in the root. So if you are engrafted into Christ, what fruit will come out of you? Naturally. Not fake, not made, not uitgedink of uitgedruk of uitgeprobeer naturally out of us will come the fruit that looks like Jesus Christ, that tastes like Jesus Christ, and most importantly, that gives life like Jesus Christ. Sjoch, ons moet so versichtig wees for a form of Christianity, a form of religion, You can have two identical trees next to each other. Supposed to bear the identical fruit. And the one can be planted in good soil and the other can be planted in bad soil. And the one planted in good soil will produce good fruit. The one planted in bad soil will produce bad fruit. 
And now Jesus says that this one with bad fruit will be cut off and thrown into the fire. What do we need to do to come to the place where we are living solely out of the seed of God? <laughs> out of the Holy Spirit living in us. God is at work in us. But we have to say, Lord, kijk naar my boom asjeblief. Would you please cut away every branch that does not bear fruit that represents Jesus Christ? Look at my tree. Here I am. I present myself to you a living sacrifice. Romans 12. And then we leave it. We don't go and try to break that branch off. Because if we go and we try to break the branch off, it will damage the tree and it will never bear fruit. But the beginning of John 15 says, God is the gardener. And he comes and he prunes the tree. Gently at the right place, at the right angle, at the right time. He comes and he removes everything that is from it. See, our prayer life should change. Our prayer life should not be um, anything other than, Lord, transform me into the image of your Son. And then sort of asking on the one side, but, but that's not even the, big, the whole story because we've got to, on the other side, say, thank you. That you have made me like your son. We must never forget that. That he has already done in us. He has, or, he has already created the masterpiece. Sort of the, the, the fruit is, the, the, sorry, the seed is in you. The seed of the fruit of righteousness is in you. If you are in Christ... Ja, dat is net weer eens. Ek wens ek kon het beter uitdruk. Sê weer? Let God do it in you. Come forth from me. But thank you Lord that you have already produced or that you are producing in me. And then we can run down the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Doesn't matter. All the fruit is there. It's in you. But now there's a tucky there that's still like of the old nature. Still sticking out there. Like, and here you will yield vruchte van die vlees draag. Say, Lord, I'm, I'm done with that now. Come snide it off. Come remove it, please. And that sort of refers to the previous verse that says, may you have spiritual wisdom and insight so that you can discern or so that you can approve what really matters, what really is the will of the Lord. What is this what rarig saak maak? Is it, maak it rarig saak that ek hierdie job het, of dat het so gaan met my, of dat ek so bankbalans het, of wat ook al. Maak dit rarig saak, is dit die goed waarvoor ek moet bid? Of maak het rarig saak, dat you are preparing me for eternity. And that what I do now, and the way that I live now, will have an effect in eternity, will have an effect on the way that I live out the rest of eternity when the Lord comes. See, Paul's goal is that when the Lord comes, we will be ready for eternity. 
so is wanneer die bruid moet recht is, waar die bruide kom, wanneer hy haar kom haal. And Jesus says, many of us aren't ready yet. So I think the message this morning is, maybe a little bit of looking at our fruit. <laughs> Wat kom uit, when we are squeezed? soos wat ek gister beleef het. Wat kom uit wanneer dinge nie na my kant toe gaan nie? Wat kom uit wanneer ek onrechtverde hanteer word, when I get treated unfairly? I mean, we will see how Paul and his companions and the, the apostles were treated month we can't even think it. And yet, they were full of joy and full of life and full of love. That's fruits of righteousness. So we ask the Lord, Father, what comes out? What are my fruit? Misschien met ons bid en sê, Heere, wees my wekie my vruchte. Show me my fruit, Lord. And maybe then the time of repentance is, I sorry, Lord. I'm not bearing fruit of righteousness. I'm not bearing the fruit of my salvation. I think I get all the people who have online bestelled and then come to an and say, This is a super teleurgestel. I mean, the label and everything says this and this and this and this, and it will last so long, and it will, you'll be able to do this, and, and what to call, and the print is so massive, and good is, and come on so a box by your eyes. In Chinese, it's <laughs> That is what a Christian is like, that doesn't bear the fruit of righteousness. The word of God is our advertisement. This is what we're supposed to look like. And then we go and we present ourselves to the world. And it's like this. Ons raak net so vinnig kwaad. Ons raak net so vinnig offended. Ons raak net so vinnig staan op vir jouself en vat jou eie battles waar die woord en ek sê, let God be your avenger. We fight fire with fire. We don't love our enemies. All that good. Paul says, may you be filled with the fruit of righteousness. And I don't know from you, but it's not for me condemning me. It doesn't condemn me. It gives me hope, but it inspires me. It says, Lord, Thank you that you have begun the work and that you are working in me, that you will not stop until it's finished. But I put myself in your hands, Lord. I say to you, here I am, Lord, would you please come and cut off every branch that doesn't belong to Jesus Christ. Possibly when Jesus said he cuts off every branch, maybe he wasn't speaking about people, but speaking about the works of the flesh that would get cut away and be burnt so that it never returns. <laughs> so, ugh, yeah, come and stand there. Come, let's stand together and... Um, Please, yes. I, many years ago, the Lord gave me a vision of me biting the apple and having gluten vegan mm. for very long. My bad thing. I'm going to tear that apple. Mm. The Lord says, I love you. Come and walk with me. When you come home, you tell me. 
That's good, thank you. Good. I've seen us a little bit a lot. Um, maybe if we start on the time, we'll finish. <laughs> So next week, 9 o'clock for 9.30. Okay. Uh, then we'll probably be finished a little earlier. Okay. Uh, stand with me, please. <coughs> if you want to join me, <coughs> just present yourself to the Lord. Say, Lord, here I am. Thank you for beginning a good work in me, Lord. And thank you that you are actively at work in me to transform me completely into the image of Christ. Thank you that you have done all things necessary for this to come to fruition, Lord. But I present myself to you, Holy Spirit. I present myself to you, Jesus. Father, you are the gardener. Would you please come, Lord? And every branch in me that does not produce good fruit, that does not produce fruits of Jesus Christ, that does not produce fruits of righteousness, I ask you, would you come and cut it away and remove it from me, Lord, so that on the day when Christ comes, I can in spirit and in reality stand before you, holy and blameless and beyond reproach as you have made me, Lord. As you have called us to be and predestined us to be. So please, Father, I present myself to you, a living sacrifice. Come and do as you wish for your purposes. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I ask this prayer. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Great. Thank you, guys. Um, there's coffee in Biscuit, which the young ones have prepared. There's a box here after, if you will bless with collector. Thank you for each and every one of you that's also um, giving money through tithing into the EFT. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. And can you help us to help us to get up to pack? Then we are good. Good to know. Can you add a note to it?